Thanks for checking out our teaching from this week. Our hope is that it will encourage you to take the next step closer to finding and following Jesus. If you have been blessed by the ministry of Grace River and would like to worship by giving, you can do so online at graceriver.cc. That's graceriver.cc. Have an awesome day, and we will see you soon. Well, what's up, Church Online? My name is Jordan, Worship and Spiritual Growth Pastor here at Grace River. We are so glad that you are with us. Our lead pastor, Chris, he is down in Springfield, Missouri, uh, speaking to a church there, and so he's not here with us today. But, man, today we are talking about contentment. And we all have issues, right? We've been working through this, this I Have Issues series, right? And, and we're working through just some overwhelmed feelings, some, 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 some feelings of uh, anxiety, right? And so today, we're going to spend time talking about contentment. Contentment is just one of those things that just can kind of drive you crazy, right? You just kind of don't even know what's happening. And so my hope is today, uh, you know, that we would have worked on this and we would have spent time really developing this area of contentment so we can follow Jesus better. Um, and, and that's really what our goal is today. Find some good application points, find some things that might be killing our contentment and causing us to be discontent, but also how to grow in those areas. And so um, think about this with me for a second, you know, while we jump on and, and as you hear something maybe you like or you don't like, give me some comments, give me some, some love uh, some love emojis or some like emojis, some dislikes, some, maybe some thoughts that you have and just comment with us inside the comment section so we can hear kind of interactively what your thoughts are. Um, have you ever thought this before? Let us know. It says, have you ever had a coworker get the promotion you were hoping for? Have you ever experienced that friend from college that got the kind of house that you've been dreaming of, right? <laughs> Do you have a friend that seems to never age? Like, She's got J-Lo and, 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 and Jennifer Aniston written all over her, right? She just has no aging. You're like, what is the deal with that friend? Why is she not aged like I do? I got wrinkles. I got this. I got that, right? It's like, come on, help me out. I'm discontent with that. Uh, how about, you know, the senior in high school, 18-year-old kid who's, who's your neighborhood kid who drives a better car than you? How about that kid, right? And you're like, man, I, I'm, I'm an adult. I have uh, 10, 10, 15, 20 plus years on that kid, and he drives a better car than I do. That makes you a little discontent, right? You're thinking through that. Um, and then there's some, also some other thoughts like that kind of get real and hit real home, uh, home with us, right? There's just the thought of like, man, have you ever thought that I should have my loved one back and not them? Have you ever thought, man, they don't deserve to have their loved one back. They're relationally messed up, but I deserve my loved one back. Or, you know, there's just so many areas of discontentment. For me, you know, I think there's areas of discontentment from my life is we celebrated Mother's Day last week. Uh, and I have an incredible wife who's an incredible mom, an incredible mother-in-law who's in, is just an awesome mother, standing mother for, for me and our, and our family, right? But uh, I lost my mom um, going on 10 years ago, actually 10 years to this day, May 16th, the day that you're hearing this. Lost her 10 years ago causes some extreme discontentment in my, in my life, causes some severe heartache. And so Mother's Day is just kind of weird for me. I'm not sure what to feel. I'm not sure what to, 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 where to claim my identity. And so I struggle with this too. I think it's a huge area for, for us, even as a staff, to just grow in genuine contentment. And so know this, we all have issues. It's not just one of us. It's not just you through the lens and you watching us on, online. It's, it's literally all of us have issues. And so... Um, you know, how, how about this question here? This is just thinking through some of those questions of, of how maybe those things have been reality for you. How about this? Uh, how do I find contentment when my dream doesn't become a reality? Let me say that again. How do I find contentment 
when dreams don't become a reality. Um, you know, for, for our marriage, you know, we, we think that we either we're single and we want to be married, and so we're irritated that we don't actually have it, right? Or we're uh, wanting to be a, a mother or a father, and we have this irritation in us that, man, I wish I could just have a kid, or I wish I could just uh, have my kids even just, just shape up and, and behave the way that I want them to, right? It causes you genuine discontentment. I wish my kids were further along and, and smarter in school, or they're better athletically, right? There's so much a discontentment ways for us to, to live, right? And so um, how about just to be financially free? You thought maybe three years from now, you'd be financially free, right? But then you're probably back in the same boat that you've been in. I've been there, done that. It is not fun. It causes extreme discontentment in our lives. And so what is it for you? You know, maybe we didn't cover it in those questions, right? But what is it for you that maybe causes areas of discontent, dis- discontentment? Um, what are some real feelings that discontentment bring? I mean, what are some real genuine feelings that we feel? I mean, I could think of, 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 of things that when we are content, here's some things that actually do come up as real feelings. I think you're, you're, you're more joyful, right? You're, you have peace in your life. You're full of optimism. You're optimistic. You're, you're looking past the situation or the problem, and you're going, man, I'm going to find a solution to this. I know I'm going to trust God through this, and I'm going to see it through that. I'm going to find contentment and be happy and smile through this. Not asking people to be perfect, right? You're not going to be perfect. There's going to be seasons where it's discontent, it stinks, and it's hard, right? But there's still our points where we can have joy and peace, and we can be hopeful, right? We can be thankful. And, and um, you know, some things that you might even say to yourself when you're alone is you say, uh, if, you're, if you're feeling genuine contentment, you're feeling like, man, I love our friends. I love the friends that we have. Or I, I love uh, this house. May it, it might cause me some irritations here and there, right? But I love my house. I'm, I'm thankful for it. I love my job. I love my relationship with Jesus. I love my spouse. I love my kids. Like, you're just full of expressing gratitude, right? And, and man, that's such a great place to live in. It doesn't mean that you have to be the positive person in the room all the time, right? It doesn't mean you be fake and put a mask on acting like you have your stuff together when you know you don't. But at the same time, provide genuine contentment in your life because that's the way God's calling us to live. And so, um, man, we all have issues. We all struggle in areas of discontentment. And what are some real feelings that discontentment bring to your life? I know it sounds super simple, but I I think of just stress, like stress right away when I think of discontentment. I think of unsatisfaction. I think of being pessimistic, like man, I am looking at the problem and I can only see the problem. I am literally staring at it and I'm saying, man, I have a struggle here and I can't get past it. It's like we can't find the solution, right? And, and, and then even worse, right? Sometimes we, we play the woe is me card. Man, I just can't do this. It's impossible. I'm discontent. They have everything that they want. I don't have what I want. This is just a struggle, right? That's tough, right? It's tough to, to live in genuine discontentment. And, you know, um, for me personally, for me and my wife, I think it's, it's crazy to think of some discontentment areas in our lives. About a year ago, uh, I had our, our lawn, our lawn had dandelions, clover, every little weed thing you think possible inside of our lawn was in it. <laughs> I was like extremely discontent about it because I had this fine line of my dandelions and then my neighbor's yard on both sides of my house going perfectly clean cut grass, dark green, perfect, oh, just like luscious grass, right? And then right next to it, five feet away, is dandelions and clover and just this nasty stuff. And you got dry spots, dark, um, just bad spots on your lawn, right? And so 
Man, for me, that's, that's, that was discontent. So what did we do? We hired somebody to take care of our lawn, so we got it to be now. It's pretty good now, actually. I'm actually kind of proud of that, and it's content, right? But that was a simple physical fix that we can fix. Uh, how about our spiritual walk? Sometimes I feel like it's, I'm discontent because I feel like I should be further along than I am right now. That's just me being honest. I, I, there's things I feel like I should spend more time with Jesus. There's things I could spend more time talking to people about Jesus. I could spend, it's just like the list goes on, right? We can be discontent in that. And, and obviously it's okay to be discontent in some ways in our spiritual life because we want to grow closer to Jesus. We're never going to arrive at this. But at the same time, uh, we shouldn't live in genuine discontentment, right, in that way. Um, and so, you know, throughout this series, uh, we're not asking anybody to be perfect. You know, we all have issues, right? And so something that we say around here quite a bit is, is just a cultural statement. It says, it's okay not to be okay. It's just not okay to stay that way. Like, it's okay to be a broken mess, to have areas of discontentment in our life. Obviously, we don't want to live in that, right? But we want to be okay with being broken because that recognizes our need for Jesus to fulfill what we need most. And that's what provides the genuine contempt is when we can just be real with ourselves and real with others and say, man, I am a broken mess. I need you. I trust you. I want to be content in this area. And so we're not asking people to be perfect just to improve where you are. Improve and thinking I'm going to trust Jesus more. I'm going to trust him with my life a little bit more, right? So three just primary killers of contentment. I'm just we're on week three, right? It kind of had the three, three theme this week. Uh, three primary killers of contentment. There are three C's. And then we're going to end with three action steps. Really simple, really well thought out through of what we want to apply today. What, what maybe kind of can hurt our contentment to make us discontent. So this number one is just comparison. My goodness. We live in a culture, and I think throughout history of mankind, it's been a comparison culture no matter what, right? But the, th- the fact is, we compare a lot. We compare a lot when it comes to all sorts of things. And for me, personally, I like to think of this, I don't know why, in my head, I love thinking about candy bars. They're just too good. It's just so silly, but it's something for me that like really strikes home. I love just having a good treat sometimes. So we'll buy one on Saturdays when we're hanging out with our kids or we're having a family day. We'll just grab a quick Snickers or grab a, a whatever we want to get, right? And so for me, though, here's what happens, all right? Um, this, this is a whatchamacallit. I don't know if any of you like this candy bar. If you do, give me a comment. Drop, me, drop us a comment in the, uh, in the section. Give me a like. Give me a, give me a love thing. And I, This took me forever to find, by the way. And then there's Snickers. Here's the deal. Here's what happens, all right? Um, I'm just going to taste these for a second. I want to I I give a good illustration here because I would pick Snickers hands down anytime I want. I think this is crazy to think that people would actually get a whatchamacallit. Would you choose a whatchamacallit over a Snickers or would you choose Snickers over whatchamacallit? I want to hear some feedback on your guys' uh, your comment sections inside Facebook, inside uh, wherever you are online with this. Give us some reactions, but I'm going to try this out. Let's see how this tastes. I don't know what that bottom layer is. Not bad. It's all right, all right? It's not too bad. But the Snickers, just a taste test back to back. This is pretty good stuff. Snickers is, man. So here's what happens. Dang, that's good. <laughs> I don't recognize how good that is. Here's what happens, though. Because I am unsatisfied, or I feel like what you may call is just such a not good candy bar. It's, to me, it's like, it took me a while to find this. 
how ridiculous is it? Who is in this marketing meeting that said, hey, let's just call it a whatchamacallit because we can't really think of anything else. You know, like how bad did it have to be? It took me forever to find one of these. And, and, and a Snickers bar is on the shelf, right? The, the big thing here though, here's what happens, all right? We often think when we look to social media or we watch people walk around us that, that we either have a relationship with our family, our friends, people that we see wherever you go, at the mall, stores, we see this, this aspect of comparison nonstop all day long. And what happens is we consider our life a whatchamacallit, kind of an outcast, like, hey, we're just a, uh, like I'm just kind of the one that's stuck with barely being on the shelf and barely being um, occupied on the shelf to see something. And then you got Snickers, which are everywhere. So we think everybody else has this Snickers type lifestyle, this perfect candy bar, this perfect type of life. On social media, they, they carve out uh, their favorite pictures. They have the lighting all switched up. They have the contrast perfectly meshed so that it looks really, really good on there. And then we're stuck here with the woe is me, right? We're stuck here left with our identity saying we're a whatchamacallit. And gosh, the hard thing with that is we continue to live there making that our identity. We say, I'm just, I don't have much value. I compare myself back to the Snickers people who are down the street or my neighbors next door who have drive a better car, have a bigger house, have this, this, and this, right? So we get stuck and we say, I'm just simply going to not, I'm just going to compare. I'm going to compare and I'm going to say, man, they're better than me and I'm going to live, I'm going to live in this woe is me type card. And so here's what I want to read real quick. This is this verse from Ecclesiastes 4.4. It says, then I observed that most people are motivated to success because they're envy, they envy their neighbors. But this too is meaningless, like chasing the wind. Like chasing the wind. It's meaningless because we're motivated to be who we want them to, who we want to be. We're comparing our lives to whoever's right next to us. And we're saying, man, I'm just a whatchamacallit. I'm just a nobody. I have nothing to offer this world. And Jesus wants to tell you, God wants to tell you, you are loved. You are cherished. You have issues. We all do. But it's okay. It's okay to be occasionally not okay to stay that way. So let's trust that God's going to make us content by stop comparing to others. And I don't know where that is for your life. Maybe you have a, a, a little more intimate, thought-through way of thinking that. It could have been not, this could have been the worst example possible, right? But at the same time, let's think through how we're comparing lives and just pull back the reins on that bad boy. That's going to kill your contentment. This next thought is just chasing more. We often love to chase more. There's thoughts of FOMO, right? Fear of missing out. There's thoughts of like, man, which house am I going to get to next? Or which, which thought am I going to get to next? Or which, which season of life is going to make me more happy? It's like we're always chasing more, never content with where we are currently at. Here's what happens, all right? Here's your house. Here's your standard house. This is a, a single home, drive-in, single car garage. You see the, the pretty nice front door, front, the front nice front yard. Um, this is for the, maybe the singles or the, the college kid who, who maybe is in an apartment or, or, you know, the newlyweds who just got married. And here's what happens. They, they move in here. They turn the key and they're like, yes, we got our first car. We got our first house, right? We got our first really nice house. We walk in. You can kind of feel the experience, right? You walk in. You see the, the kitchen. You see the space that's yours. You kind of call it home. You're like, this is incredible. We have a washing machine. We have our own bedroom. We have this, this, and this, right? And about six months to a year goes by after you spend good quality time with your friends who are maybe five years ahead of you, or maybe your friend just jumped the gun and they got, they got a bigger house a little quicker. We, start, we go and we start saying things like, we come home and we're like, man, I really don't like how small our kitchen is. 
I really don't like how many bushes are in the way of my backyard. I really don't like how this, 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 and this, right? I wish it was a little bigger. I wish I had two car garage. So then we go to the next one and we see, uh, we see that there's two car garage and actually a three spot spot for it, right? And then we see vaulted ceilings. <laughs> and we see uh, a, probably a decent sized backyard. This could be one of y'all's house. You know I know that? Because I pulled this off of Zillow and it had a Winsville address on it. So if you live there and it happens to be you, I will give you a what you would call it on a Snickers bar just for this fact that this being your house because the chance of that happening is really, really rare, but it'd be crazy. Anyway, back to the situation here is we say this, right? And, and we get in this house. Some of you might be in this type of house already. You have three to four bedrooms. You're living in this house, you're paying it down. You have it and then, and then you start saying things like, man, I watched Fixer Upper and I'm a Chip and Joanna Gaines fan, right? And I wanna have the next best house. Here's what happens. We start saying, I want that next one. And so when our friends get the dope house, we're like, dude, this is so unfair. I'm stuck. I wanna get that. Why can't I have that? And it carries genuine discontentment in our lives. Such genuine discontentment, right? And that's the irritation that we live in. We live in the fact that we're like, man, I want that house. I want it to be bigger and better and awesome. And so people can come over and have this. You feel like when you get that, you're going to be content. And that's just such not the case. We have this idea that FOMO creates. And it's like, man, this is really, really irritating. And there's another verse I love reading. This is, this is from the same uh, book that we just read. This is the case of a man who is all alone without a child or a brother, yet who works hard to gain as much wealth as he can. But then he asks himself, who am I working for? Why am I giving up so much pleasure now? It is all so meaningless and depressing. When we chase after things constantly, we try to live with our areas of contentment in just things and fixated on things that we want or things that we don't have yet. Or like we got real, right? With the, with the whole issue of, I wish I had my loved one back. We're discontent because we don't have it. And what, what Solomon in this book is saying, it's so meaningless and depressing to chase after those things. Ultimately, Jesus is the only thing that's going to make us right. And so FOMO, come on, man. Who recognizes this picture? Who recognizes this picture? Write it in there. Let me hear some comments. Let me see some comments of what you guys think about this. Uh, Tiger King, if you don't know, it was this, it, the fear of missing out has always been a thing, but this created a cataclysmic thought. I was just like, wow, this is really real in my own life, let alone for all the other people that I'm talking to. So you overhear a conversation of the newest Netflix, the newest Netflix uh, show, and you're like, man, I really wish um, I had seen that because I'm hearing these guys dialogue about it. So what do you do? You go home and you feel like it's your top priority to chase more, to think I have to have contentment because I'm going to watch the show and it's going to make my life better so I can have a better conversation with somebody. It's not so bad to have a conversation with somebody because you watch something that they liked, but the fact is we're like, man, I'm going to go watch this show, spend, waste five hours of my time because that's literally what I know I did, right, with it is waste five hours. And we say, um, all we really figure out is did this lady feed her husband to these tigers, right? It's like, this is the silliest thing possible. But we get wrapped up in it and we sit here and go, man, I hope this, I think that watching this or doing this and, and having fun in this is going to create a sense of contentment. And it's just such not the case, right? Did we really have to watch it just to be part of a conversation? Probably not, but we do it and it's like, man, let's rethink some of those things. Why do we feel like we have to do that, right? Um, I love what Paul says 
in this next, uh, this next verse. It is incredible to think about that. For a second, just take a second and think, how do we really crush uh, discontentment in our lives? We crush it by having these same thoughts in the minds of Jesus and the, and the heart of Paul here. Listen to this, what he says. But whatever gain I had, I counted as loss for the sake of Christ. Indeed, I counted everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. I love that. Because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ my Lord, that's when I knew I could count everything as loss. For his sake, I have suffered the loss of all things. Count them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having uh, a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which comes from through faith in Christ, the righteousness from God that depends on faith. He's content because he knows Jesus. He's content because he has a relationship with Jesus. And that may be you, it may not be you, but what I'm going to tell you is when you chase after, there's areas of discontentment in your life, you're literally going to be left hanging because you're, you're trying to chase after something that's not actually going to obtain you true contentment. And so I love this next verse. Check this out. He says, not that I'm speaking, not that I am speaking of being in need, for I have learned in whatever situation I am to be content. He's learning this. It's not just some natural thing for him. He's learning it. I, and, and, and he says, I have learned. I've arrived and said, man, I can learn what it means to be content. Still have struggles, still have irritations. I'm not perfect, but I'm going to trust in the one who makes me perfect. He says, I know how to be brought low and I know how to abound in any and every circumstance. Every circumstance? Are you kidding me? <laughs> That's impossible, right? No, it's not. Because we legit love Jesus. We legit have these struggles that come up. We can have a joy in every circumstance even when it's hard. I have learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. One of the most quotable verses of all time, right? Um, outside of John 3.16, people use this all the time. Sport, that, sport athletes put this on their, their, uh, their chalk or their, 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 their gear just to make it seem like so they can have it all together, right? And, and I think that here's the, the thing that we do, we run into, is we don't, since we don't have Jesus the main part of our life or the fulfilled part of our life, we sit there and go, I'm going to fix it with this, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make sure I can get this so that I can chase more, acting like it's going to actually fill me up and make me content, but genuinely makes me super discontent. And so last area, right? We have comparison, chasing more, and then we compromise. Man, have you been there before? Have you been there where you thought, man, I got to compromise my situation? You've never said that out loud, but you your actions displayed it. You, you said, man, I am going to, uh, I'm going to compromise this situation so that I can get what I want. I can have what I want. I love, there's a book that I've been reading called, um, called Didn't See It Coming by an author called Carrie Newoff. Um, it's an incredible book about pride, about some ways to just draw in serious discontentment, not being stuck in the pessimistic point of view of life. Um, I would encourage you to read it. Um, but it says this on page 36. Check this out. It says, far too many of us end up compromised. Who we are no longer lines up with who we had hoped to be. And it happens so subtly that most of the time we don't even know what's going on. Man, that's scary, right? That's scary sometimes. We get stuck thinking and hoping that we're, we're going the right direction when all along we're not trusting the one who's pointing us in that right direction. That's, it's scary to think about, honestly. And, and so we're stuck in this way of, we're we living in these traps of comparison. We're living in the traps of chasing more and having compromise. And God doesn't want us to live there, right? He, he, he chooses to say, don't go in that direction. Don't run towards that direction. And 
If any of you know me well, um, you know I'm terrible at idioms. I love using this book because it teaches me idioms. I'm the worst at idioms. I just don't know them. They're the worst. <laughs> uh, when it comes to just having an idiom, so I had one <clears throat> that went along with this compromise issue, and it says, it says this. It's called Smoke and Mirrors. Have any ever heard that? Drop a comment if you've heard that one. I have never heard this one before. Smoke and Mirrors, idiom. I feel like an idiot because I don't know it. So, uh, so we're going to run with this one. It says smoke and mirrors. It's pretty much just the use of illusion. Listen to what it says in a sentence. Don't believe everything Mary says about her lifestyle. A lot of it is just smoke and mirrors. <laughs> she likes to impress people. She likes to act like she's got it together. Have you ever wondered what your friends say about you when you're not in the room? Your thought like, how? I hope they're not thinking that I'm just like acting like I got my stuff together when I know I don't. It's not to say that your friend, you want your friends to say that you are perfect and that they have to go to you for guidance all the time either, right? But at the same time, we're, we're trying to live this life to follow Jesus and, and live a life full of contentment and, and trusting him with our issues, trusting him with some of our anxieties, trusting him with our overwhelmed moments, right? We know we have all of issues. Let's trust him with it. And again, we're not chasing perfection. We're chasing Jesus, like, we're not chasing perfection in this. We're just chasing Jesus. And so, simply three action steps that we have here. We're going to close with this. we got five minutes left to just kind of cram this thing in here real quick. But check this out. <clears throat> How do we gain godly contentment? Step one is just reading the Bible. Like, it sounds so simple. Could it really be that simple just to read your Bible? And I, I would just about to say, absolutely. We, we have two version plans that we want to hook you up with throughout this week. Here's one of them. This is incredible. This, this version plan is called Winning the War in Your Mind. So good. It's so talk, it talks about contentment. It talks about uh, just some of the th- main things we've covered in this, era, in this series of I Have Issues and works through some practical things so that outside of Sunday, today, that you're experiencing or whenever you're watching this, you are actually choosing to uh, spend your Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday pursuing Jesus and pursuing this area of discontentment or contentment um, rather than just hope that this fills you and inspires you here today and you're hoping to take a next step. Check that one out. It's on our, our YouVersion Bible app if you guys want to check that out. There's also one called um, God has given you an A+. He's already given you an A+. And this, this, both of those are really, really good. Go check those out. Reading your Bible is so important. It's just directly going to show you what uh, God wants to say to you and how you can live out his promises in your life. And so uh, the next one is we read our Bible and we don't do it alone. You can't do life alone. A lot of our culture wants to push to this mindset of like, I'm going to be secluded. I'm going to be on my phone. I'm going to be on this game system. I'm going to be on this this Zoom call, right? And we're so secluded to just individualism and we can't do life alone. I love this quote from the same book because it talks about it. It talks about this issue. It says, no matter how hard you try, you can't escape you. No matter how hard you try, you can't escape you. You can't go to Barnes and Nobles and go buy a book that talks about self-help that's away from God's scripture, away away from the Bible and expect your life to be different. Here's another thing. You can't keep doing the same things you're doing and living continuously in, in the ways you're doing, expecting different results. If you're going to do the same thing, expecting your life to be full of contentment when you know you're already discontent, how is that going to change? And how is that working for you? Probably not great. And I can't act like I'm a pro at this because I'm not. I screw up all the time at this area. I screw up. I live in, I know there's areas in my life I need to grow in contentment in. 
And we all do, right? But we're going to make a decision to say, man, I'm going to trust God through this, right? Um, how about this though for a second? Don't do it alone. I think the, the funny thing is we try to act like we can do it alone. And, and here's where we're left extremely discontent. When you go on vacation and you, you think it's going to be a perfect, you know, perfect vacation, why do you think it's not perfect? You know, the reason, the real reason when we want to underlie all the issues, we want to peel back all the layers, is because you're there. <laughs> because we're there. We have hang-ups. We have issues. And the only thing that's going to satisfy is continue to trust Jesus and can trust that he's going to make it right. So when we go on vacation, we should be perfect. It's not because we're already there. We're imperfect. So when we act like it's, something went wrong, we're like, oh my gosh, I can't believe that happened. Why would that happen? That's such a struggle. This is irritating. I need a vacation from my vacation, right? <laughs> We've said that before. Uh, you know why the car and, you're, and you know, getting, buying a brand new car won't satisfy? It's because you're inside the car. Eventually, you're going to rot up and you're going to say, man, this car is just, now it's 10 years old. It's five years old. I, I see the next hottest thing coming out, right? Um, when you're driving an SUV and you bought the brand new Honda Pilot or whatever, right? And then the Bronco comes out and everyone's like, oh my goodness, I got to get the new Bronco because that thing looks sweet. It's like, we constantly live in this state of well, the, the three C's we talked about, you know, comparison, chasing more, and we compromise. And so we change it to make it seem like it's going to fulfill our lives. And that's such far from the truth. Don't do it alone. Let's chase after people. Let's run towards people. Small groups are a huge deal. You can go to our website, check out our small groups. So you can plug into a small group to do life together with, the, with people that we have here um, in our church and, and, and throughout our, our community that people are plugged in there. Spend time with those who are going to push you closer to Jesus. Don't spend time with people who are pulling you away. If you have friends that are toxic, I'm asking you to cut the relationship. If you have friends that are toxic, spend less time. And push, send around people who are going to push you closer to Jesus. And celebration is a big deal. Expressing gratitude, right? We, we've seen God save seven people. Seven people have said yes to following Jesus, to, to making Jesus the Lord of their life in the past five weeks, guys. That is incredible. We should be clicking the button, the like button, the love button all over that bad boy and just saying praise Jesus inside that chat section. It's incredible to think of what God has done, right? Let's celebrate for a second. So I'm going to show you this baptism video that we had. It's really just a life change video. If you want to check this out uh, as, as we, uh, you know, conclude our, uh, our, our, our online, I want to just encourage you to check this video out, celebrate with us. And we got one more point coming up here in a second. Check out this video. Isn't that just awesome? Isn't it awesome to see what God's doing? It's awesome to see the fact that life change is happening 2,000 years later from Jesus rising from the grave. 
that people are saying yes to making Jesus the Lord of their life because that is what brings contentment, guys. That's what helps overcome our anxieties. That's what helps, uh, you know, over, overcome being overwhelmed, right? We all have issues when we're grown in this bad boy. What does true contentment look like? I want you to listen to this statement. Listen to this quote. Contentment doesn't come from chasing your dreams. Contentment comes from chasing the one who gave you the ability to dream. Let's say it again. Contentment doesn't come from chasing your dreams. It comes from the one who gave you the ability to dream. He gave the ability to dream. You're not going to have contentment outside of, 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 of trusting him. You can't not trust God and then expect to have a content life. It's just not possible. No matter how much you want that to be or how much you don't, totally don't believe what I'm trying to tell you is the truth, right? It's not going to happen. We have to trust that the, 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 guy, the, the God who gave us the ability to dream. Last point, sticky notes. We love sticky notes at our church. We love to think of uh, how we can apply this thing to our life every day. And so um, there's two verses that I picked out. They're here uh, on the screen um, that we love to give you a second to, I'm going to provide, you know, two verses that I think have helped change, change my life. Uh, also that can help you. And, and then also it's a couple of gratitude statements that we'd like to give to you guys. Um, but what I want to do for a second right now is I want to just pause for a second. What you might write on a sticky note is one of these, one of these two verses. Don't copy the behaviors or behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way that you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Or Psalm 46, 1, God is our refuge and strength always ready to help in the times of trouble. And then you got this next part. We, these are some gratitude statements and things that I really love putting on sticky notes or putting them alarms on my phone. It says, we are not called to be perfect, but to trust the perfect one. We're not chasing perfection, but chasing Jesus. These are just statements that can encourage us to, to just trust Jesus. So for, if you can, just for one minute, go to your, 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 your uh, office drawer, go to some drawer that you have maybe that has sticky notes. You maybe they're on your countertop already. Uh, maybe you don't have sticky notes. Why don't you, you create, take a piece of paper and write down one of those things. One, maybe write down one of these statements. Maybe write down one of these verses. And take a second right now. Like here, right, I'm literally going to give you a minute to go check out some stuff. See if you can uh, have some. I'm actually going to write down one of my favorites, just a verse. And then uh, we can come back and we're going to be done. All right. Take a second, go do that. We just want to say thank you for joining us at Church Online today. Um, if you can, grab your sticky note. Go put it somewhere that you know you're going to see it every day. Put it on your mirror. Uh, put it on your dashboard of your car. Put it on your, your computer at work. Um, somewhere you know you're going to see it. Even create it for your kids. Create it for your spouse. Do whatever you got to do to put this in front of you. Because we know this is what's going to cause some life changes. Seeing scripture or seeing some gratitude statements that just really make us point our directions toward Jesus. And so again, thanks so much for being with us here at Church Online today. We are so glad that you're with us. We all have issues, right? Let's just trust the one who's, uh, who's given us, who's given us this way of, of direction, who's given us 
this sense of contentment because we can't have it any way else. Thanks for being here. Hope you guys have a great week. Thanks. Thanks again for listening. We would love to see you at one of our 9 or 10.30 a.m. worship services. We hope you have a great week.